My birthplace, paradise, my founding father, father of all, and I loved him. Continuously I stayed at his side, forever serving him, created as one of them, surpassing honor or respect. I loved him. Living outside the boundaries of life, this was everlasting to everlasting. I was with him as he fastened the moon to its resting place. As he adorned the abyss with lights never extinguished, he labeled me the bright and morning star. I so loved him. He filled my cup till it runneth over. He anointed my name amongst the children of men, rising my name above the firmament. Scripting it in the book of holy ones, I abode in the glory of his wings as a son. Marrying me to wisdom, elevating me above the seventh heaven, diligent I was in my lessons, my daily blessings, hallowed be thy name. I was there when he commanded the light, so it was, and it was good. I, I loved him. When he split the sky in half, creating the sea, the mountain peaks, and the creepy things that creepeth, I was there. Not as one of them, but as his side, sitting on the right side of him, and I will, forever, meaning eternity. He shaped the dirt in the form of man, blowing breath into him, mankind, a kind of man. He seemed curious, unaware of the greater glory. So he went down and spoke to him, and I so honored him. Because I loved him so He seemed fascinated with this creation He ordered him to name the created And crowned him king Of the garden of wonders My puzzlement did not hinder my love Yet he would not answer my questions Could not find reason in the creation Of this altered man, mankind, this kind of man Who often toyed with himself In the midst of his own loneliness So then a mate was created for him, a mate? I, who have loved him in the midst of his own. I was never given a mate. Yet this thing is given unto woman. To mate him, pleasure him in ways we have never tasted. Surely this would lead to corruption. Surely flesh is frail. He ignored me, telling me, me. He had granted them free will. Free will? Why, my father, I begged him to tell me because I loved him so. His answer was his workings are mysterious. This answer was a mockery. Look at them, touching, eating, enjoying the pleasures of so-called life, as I have done nothing but serve, worship, serve, obey. This kind of man serves woman and I despise him. Then the voice of many waters spoke, calling a council of his anointed ones. God, my children, I love them so. You will carry their prayers up to me and they will be blessed. My countenance fell as I bowed to him because I loved him.
Father, what order of madness is this? These beings are flawed. Do not rejoice in your greatness. Humble yourself. His only response. Lost now I am. Am I supposed to serve the created bow to the will of flesh and bone? I, the brighter morning star, let him serve man. Secretly I called a meeting amongst the anointed for my own counsel, and I spoke unto them. You will not serve a creature created for self-destruction, a creature that knows not love nor honor nor respect. A creature that does not hold faith nor honor in his heart, yet given the free will to enjoy the creations of my father without honor nor praise. Though the time has come to overthrow him, this would be for naught. The archangel would learn of this, slaying them all, and as for me, I was banished from my home. Put away from the paradise that was my birthright, the holy name Lucifer stripped from me. And I was to be called Satan, the devil. Banished I was to earth, forced to live with this kind of man and his woman. My vengeance will never rest. I will forever show him they are weak, unloving, destructive in nature, unworthy of paradise. First, I shall seduce the woman and cause her to eat of the tree, and he will soon fall after. Since his love for them is so great, I will extract my hate against them forever, because I loved him. sessions i'm your host poetic black and i'm happy to be here today spoken soul family what's good we got a great show lined up for you guys today i hope i hope you're on your path i hope you're on your journey to making all your dreams come into fruition we know that the plan for tomorrow starts today. So I hope you on your grind. I hope as you're hearing my voice, 
that you are focused, determined, hell-bent on reaching your goals. Spoken Soul family, we have a great show lined up for you guys today. This brother today, he needs no introduction. Now, I promised you guys, I promised you guys before when I had him on the show before that he would be back. The last time you heard this brother, we did a show. It was like, I think it was the first five shows, spoken show, soul sessions ever done. And uh, we did the art of storytelling. And my brother came on the show and he showed out with his storytelling ability but I told you guys then that this guy is a different type of animal I'm talking about none other than my brother Mr. Written in Pain Carlos Lavazari Carlos Lavazari is a spoken word artist actor playwright all around good friend of mine this is my this is my my child's godfather and uh it brings so much pleasure i don't want to do the formalities that i usually do on the show without any further ado we're just gonna bring my brother on in man welcome to the spoken soul sessions show let's give a warm warm welcome to my brother and your brother mr written in pain What's good, bro? Composition is in the building. I mean, everybody knows, man. This is no secret. Like, this is going to be one of my easiest shows because I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm amongst family. And this is going to be a, this is going to be an epic show. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me preface this show first by saying that my brother, when he came, he said he's going to do the show again. He said, yo, Black, he said, I'm, I'm not just going to come on the show and just, you know what I'm saying, just do some stuff that that people know me for. He said, I'm going to write all new pieces for this show. And you guys are in, I mean, for an extreme treat. Anybody who followed his brother, you can follow him on Instagram, Written in Pain, Facebook, Written in Pain, or Carlos Lavazari. I mean, his work ethic is is like, is there, man. You can see the content of his work is there. You check his SoundCloud out. Amazing spoken word artist. I mean, my brother, man, what's good, man? Welcome what's to the good, show man, again, man. man. First of all, I don't know if this is the first show you recorded in the new year. I don't know, but I just want to say happy new year to you and the Spoken Soul Sessions family. Most definitely, man. Thank you, my, um, my brother. You, you, In fact, you are the first interview lined up for the new year. So that's you, dope. <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> that's dope. Um, you know what it is, man. This giving me this giving me old school blog talk vibes, man. <laughs> for real, because the last time I, we kind of, you know, what I'm saying we kind of was in a formatted show situation. We was doing a storytelling thing. Mm. You was new to, you know, you was you was a few podcasts in, indeed. And you know, I was having some uh, visual difficulties getting through, uh, you know, a couple of pieces, but. 
This feel like the wheels is aligned. <laughs> yeah, this, this show is going to be epic, man. This is going man, to be um, an epic show. Yeah, man, I thank you because you really motivated me. Because I don't think, besides little posts here and there on, on social media, I don't think I crafted any piece of the whole 2021. I don't think I wrote anything new mm. the whole 2021. Even uh, April, I mostly gave out shout outs. I really didn't write too much poetry. This is really, um, I think I pulled out one joint that's a recycle, but I know that not, not that many people heard it. But this mm. is for, this is the first time in over a year where I really sat down and really crafted pieces. And just to let y'all behind the curtain a little bit, Black knows this, but my writing process is usually whatever uh, triggers me to write, I usually formulate the title first. I usually formulate the title first, and then I write the last line in my head. Where mm -hmm. However I'm going to end it, I write that in my head. And then I kind of write to the last line mm. but when I stopped writing whatever whenever I sat down to write that piece when I write the last line period that's it it's done the piece is done I'm not the kind of person to write put it down come back to it I've never done that but I did that with these pieces partially mm. because my scheduling is a little different and partially just because I wanted to try some things I never tried before in terms of my writing style. Mm. So this is really like, you know, we space monkeys. We all space monkeys. Right <laughs> this is going to be, yo, this is going to be epic, man. It's going to be an epic show, man, because I already know you, man. I, I know the amount of talent. Like, you guys, like, this brother right here, like, as far as writing, like, I'm one of those writers. I'm one of those writers who I will write something, I'll have a concept, and... That, that concept may play out in a matter of days, a matter of hours, or a matter of weeks or months. It's some pieces that I go back with, like a ride with my father, for an example. That piece right there, I, I kept going back for about a year until it was done. You know what I mean? It wasn't a piece that I just wrote straight out. It was a piece I just kept adding on because I was trying to bring back that nostalgia of me mm -hmm. being with my father. Mm -hmm. So that's the type of writer I am. But I've seen you like in my face you know what i mean you know how they say jay-z or big they go into they go in the studio yeah, yeah. and they don't write like this dude right here man we be in the studio and we got a concept and be like yo this is the concept and he'll write it straight out i've seen him do it numerous times and it's like that ability is crazy i, I look at that ability and it don't be no whack content like i've seen you you know what I'm saying? You, Shout man. out to Poetry Idol. I've Thanks. seen this guy. I've seen this guy. You know, we was we was doing a week where he didn't write the piece. He didn't write the piece. He did not write the piece. And he's like, yo, I got a concept of what I want to say. And I'm going to just put it together when I get up there. And and I think you won I won that, 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 that week, and week. I won them fan yeah, votes. You won the, the yeah, you won the fan vote. You won yeah. the fan vote that week. That was crazy to me. And I'm like, wow, B. I'm like, look, I sat all this time writing this piece out, and you just had the concept, and you just went on stage and just did it. And you, I, it's just phenomenal. So I'm, I'm very privy 
of your writing ability so this right here for you to take a piece and go back to it i'm i'm definitely interested in seeing where this is going to go because i know it's going to be epic i know it's going to be epic because i know how you do it on the fly so this is going to be crazy man but uh let's let's kick off the show with a little bit of formality because we never i don't okay. think we ever got this question in when we did the art of storytelling and okay. the question is why poetry why spoken word like you know what i'm saying what 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 motivates you to to do what you do in this in this field because it's not just poetry with you you know what i'm saying like with certain type people they have that creative juice and you got that juice bro and it just doesn't translate to poetry because it translates to plays because you, you're also a playwright and you do plays you do different type of short stories and skits and all that so it's like why why like why what why is it poetry that you chose to to use as an outlet to express your creativity to the world always had an affinity for wordplay since i was young rhyme rhyme schemes wordplay metaphors um it's even from like kids books and just reading like how you could take words and like make them sound it's layers to it, you know, because you got alliteration, you got in a, you got rhyme schemes, and those are the kind of like it's the way that words sound together when you put them in a certain order. That I always had a thing for from when I was young, and the ability also to do that while storytell, which is why I always, always, always bring up Dr. Seuss because that's where I first ever saw that mm. the ability to have rhyme scheme and storytell. Later on, I see it with Paul Frost and other poets I was into, but. It was that that made me be like, I want to know how to do that. Mm. And I got detoured with hip hop, probably like everybody did in my generation, because rapping was what was accessible around me. So, but when it came to me wanting to express myself, rap got limitations in content and in formality in terms of bars and how you got to word it. And I, it, I just found more freedom in poetry when it came to me wanting to be expressive. And that is what drove me in the beginning. And then later on came, you know, just wanting to be maybe entertaining or edutain and finding witty and tricky ways to make people think about things maybe they wouldn't think about. But that came later. But initially it was just like, I just love words and how words sound together and how you can do all these things with the with, with words. You can make somebody laugh, cry. You could do it in a story. You could rhyme the story. It's just so much. And I just, I love that. Indeed, man. I always say on the show that the power of the spoken word is just, is just crazy, man. Because like people always say you can, words, words would never hurt and things of that nature, but words are very powerful. And the power of your word is what, you, what makes things happen. And people don't realize that. They don't realize that is everything is in the power of your word. Mm -hmm. This is how you bring things into manifestation To speak something to existence So that power of the spoken word, man, is unmatched, man And if, if many more people would just delve into that You know, and understand their true power of bringing their reality The reality that they want into existence You know, you have a lot of more successful people You know, but definitely, man I don't want to waste no time I want to get to this first piece. I want my audience to get into it. 
Now, I want you to preface the first piece. Like, let's talk about it for a minute, man. What's the, what's the name of the first piece we're going to get into? This piece is called Dr. Feelgood. Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. Now, uh, we could. I'd rather get into it more so after I spit it. All right, bet. So let me um, let me set the stage then. Let me set the stage, and let me uh let me cue you in. Spoken soul family, coming to the stage to spit his first piece. Let's give a warm, warm welcome to my brother and your brother, Mister Written in Pain. This piece is called Dr. Feelgood. I'm feeling so sad. I asked my favorite doctor just what I had. I said, Doctor, Mr. MD, could you tell me what I really need? It's like a rock hard dick hovering over a white chick, open mouth, huge fucking tits at the end of the porno flick. We all know what's coming next. It's called the money shot. Just to throw in your face, you fucked already. Murder by murder by medication, depopulation of a nation, put weight to believe they care. Am I to assume you wish to spare people when I know you got people to spare? Who cares? Who cares what the FDA say? Don't they feed us insect parts? Baby feeders? I mean, ain't that what they feed us? What about all that red number 40 or yellow number five? I mean, either they colorblind or I'm lucky as fuck to be alive. They, they shuffle poison, but they care if we survive. They can switch. Because healthy people don't make pharmacies rich. Like fiends, they scheme on your bloodstream. Johnson & Johnson used to only push powder. You loved it, so you trust them. Now they're pushing syringes on the public. You say, fuck it. Medical mask, aid and the masquerade investment made. Somebody's getting paid. But last I checked, it's all about a check. Soul, soul, in the name of a stimulus. Did you spend all yours yet? Keep that receipt of deceit. Keep the equation complete. Your death makes them eat vultures, jackals, hyenas, maggots, mass murder, the montage, facts merged with fiction and addiction, variants. Variations varying in different variations. They don't need to explain or sustain. You just take it in vain. Like it or not, this being the land of opportunity, 
So, of course, they're going to give you a shot. Get it? Give you a... But at the end of the plot, you'll dig it. Looking for signs. Why? All you're going to do is pick it. Pfeiffer, Moderna. All you're going to do is pick it. Hoping you hopeful when they poke you. They use mass media slash mass media to provoke you. Enhance finance fear. Doctors, doctrine, a doctrine. Hey, really? How long should a life span? Let's call it social security distancing. It's all governmental fucking with your mental, how they rule fools with a pencil, causing you to obey everything they say, making mandates, but I don't swing that way. Plus, you ask me, any man out here getting poked this hey. <laughs> One more thing I need to say, and this word to God, if Jesus do come back, well, he better show a vax card. I'm feeling so bad. I asked my favorite doctor just what I had. I said, doctor, Mr. MD, could you tell me what I really need? I was really in pain. Wow. Wow. One more time. One more time. Hello. This is William S. Peters. Wow, man. Wow, man. Wow. That that joint, man. Damn. Let's get into it, man. <laughs> Let's get into it, man. Let's get into it, man. So, you know, that piece, I feel like, you know, I don't even think you need to be a poet to be inspired by what's going on right now. Mm. So that was just me, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm in this space in my head and I'm just like, it's a lot of things I can't even say because either everybody is super opinionated or it's personal or you could get your paid block. So there's so much stuff I've been bottling in. Mm. So I just was like, you know, this is what we're going to do with this piece. That piece, man, is so many different takeaways you can take from that piece, man. And like you said, it's, it's, it's so contradictory and it's so hypocritical. You know what I'm saying? You see they track record, what they what they known for. And then you saying you want me to take this vaccine for what? For what? I know you're not in the business of saving lives. I know you're not in the business you of never been. you never <laughs> been. You know what I'm saying? So what makes me think that now that that this is what this is your intention? And you know what I mean? We got to realize that black people, man, we remember, man. We remember the Tuskegee experiment. We remember that, man. And we don't have that same enthusiasm as other as other people may have when it comes to you injecting something into your arms, man, because they never tell you what they that what they really putting in you. They never do. And uh that piece right there is everything, bro. 
That piece right there is everything, man, because that's what's going on today. And if people just use their minds, use their brains, and look at their track record. I mean, with anything else, if somebody come to you and trying to sell you something, you're going to look at their track record. When you go to Walmart or you go to you go to Pathmark or whatever you go, they have a, a long track record of having good quality products so you continue to shop there. So when you really look at it, you know what I'm saying? When you got to... They advertising for something. Yo, look, we want to inject you with this booster. We want to inject you with this vaccine. Uh, let me check your your track record. Do you have a a, a good track record of 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 being sincere with these vaccines? And you don't. You don't. It's so many. It's so many different elements to be weary of, man. And that yes, piece sir. right there brings that out, man. Yo, yes, that damn. Also, man. also, you know, it's business at the end of the day. That's why it gets commercials, mm-hmm. endorsements, radio. You got celebrities endorsing it because it's money involved. Whenever yeah. something get a commercial during a, a, a high-rated TV show or basketball, this is endorsements is involved. Mm-hmm. I saw a commercial. This is a fact. I, uh, it was a kid. He was writing a letter to Santa Claus. He said, Santa, I don't want no toys or nothing. I just want to get vaccinated. I said, Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, if, when you see stuff like that, now you gotta raise your eye. You be like, "What? Oh, you going real hard?" And you know what I'm saying? You, you going above and beyond to try to you get really somebody attention. To, yeah. <laughs> Santa Claus, <laughs> like you said, I just want to get vexed. Come yeah, on, keep man. the toys. That's keep, when you OD. You know what yeah, I'm come on. Toys, I just want my vaccine. You know what I mean? Come on, man. But this is what this is what we dealing with, and it's so unfortunate at this day and age. Like when we look back, it was just like what two years ago. Two years ago that this pandemic started and it and it and it you know what I mean and it, it's crazy how the world has changed so drastically from then to now. Like everything that we see today, these are no, normal everyday occurrences, people wearing masks. Like, think about it. Three years ago, if you saw people wearing a mask, you were literally, you were literally like, why are you wearing a mask? What you got? What you got that you don't see? You ain't thinking about what, what's I out there. Video, I was watching a video yesterday, man. It was like a clip of uh, uh, Michael Jackson from like old 02 or 01. He had a mask on. He was walking around with a mat with, wow. the, with the mask on, and everybody was taking pictures of him, and they was like Wacko Jacko. Wacko like, Jacko, you remember that? <laughs> I was like, yeah, Mike knows something. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike do something. That's crazy, man. But you that poem right there, man. It put a lot of light on a lot of the things that's going on in the world today that people really need to be mindful of. I know we're making jokes of it, but it's a very serious issue. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm on the fence. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are on the fence about this vaccination. You know, like you guys don't have a great track record with me, me knowing the history that I know, you know, and me want to be just say, oh, I'm going to I'm just going to voluntarily inject this thing into my arm. And then they're not talking about all of the damn side effects that that they're trying to say that, oh, they're mild side effects. But people are going through some real issues. 
You know what I'm saying? Paralysis of the stomach, of the intestines. Like you're having people's tongues swelling up. It's so many different things is happening that they're not putting out there and not giving the public an informed, to make an informed decision before going and, and taking this vaccine. So it's yeah. crazy, man. It's definitely crazy. But that poem right there, my brother, it put a lot of, I mean, it brought a lot to light, man. It brought a lot to light, man. But whoo, Dr. Feelgood. And that and that's what this life is, B. That's what that's what America is when you really look at it in a nutshell. We want we want to feel good. We want security. We want that that knowing that we're gonna be okay. No matter what they give us, no matter what the side effects of the side effects that you're gonna get once they give you the the, the so-called cure, that don't matter. Long as you can give me something to can stop it now. That's why they pushing all these opioids and pushing all this fentanyl and pushing all these things to make people numb, not have to deal with all of the paranoia. Because there's people out here paranoid. Mm-hmm. There's people out here stressed. There's people out here worried. And they'll do anything not to deal with that or feel that way. That's right, man. That's crazy, my brother. That Whoa, that poem right there, man. Whew. That got to go in the audio book. That that joint got to definitely go in the audio book. Thank you, but, bro. But we ain't going to stay. We ain't going to stay there. We're going to we gonna keep it pushing, man. We want another piece, man. We right, wanna, we wanna... piece I will explain after I tell you all the title. Cause all right. I lay it on us. What's the title of this one? <laughs> this piece is called Lucifer. Mm. Um, what motivated this piece is perspective to me. Mm. I think anything and everything sometimes is based on perspective. And I think even history or the way we perceive things is based on the perception of the popular people who got to say, you know what, this is our perception of this and you're going to go along with it or you meet the sword. And Mm. I think (laughs) that's how it was anyway. Indeed. So um, the poem is called Lucifer and it's really a poem about perspective and perception all right let me set the stage back up for you coming back to the stage let's give a warm welcome to my brother and your brother mr written in pain how profound lightning it starts from the ground Matter, it heats matter, it creates that sound. Held in his hand, holy am I. But when they reached perfection, death was imminent. Because anything completed can't grow, so I awakened them. Showed them ignorance was a lie. Higher creation was in the mind's eye. Evil am I? Well, in whose eyes? I am the brighter morning star, being the sun, true story, since truth be told, I was made in the image of, image of his story, you understand the plan was mandatory, so then I am a serpent, yet the ancestors placed the serpent on their headdress, were they not blessed? 
having the greatest civilization ever established. Did Abraham not come from the land of the serpents? Isn't it true? Turning a rod into a snake was the first thing God empowered Moses to do. The field of medicine demonic to you that saves lives. My name means one who brings light, right? So bringing light is evil. Is that right? Well, who showed you that? And explain who told you that. Oh, is it similar to that telephone game? Convincing you a serpent, a dragon, and me is one and the same? I bet, yet, my name is Lucifer, not Baphomet. Who claimed I was evil? When did I deceive you? Listen, even Job was done with God's permission. Even tempting Jesus was a test to ensure he was blessed. But in both of those examples, it was Satan, you see. And who told you Satan was me? My name is Lucifer, the one who bears light. A devil is anyone who lives backwards, someone with no cultural pride, capable of murder and genocide, one who operates against nature's function, one whose existence is made for distraction. Sun burning his skin, a natural reaction, rape, plunder, and enslaves. Then cloaks it as being brave, covers truth with lies, to disguise what he did, poisons your babies, brainwash your kids, dilute your image of Jesus, tricks you into killing your fetus, collectively stimulates you sexually, lies to you. So you don't know God actually resides in you. Raises a demonic nation, sprays the sky, controls the population. Anyone with that kind of energy, well, that is the devil. To me, it's a game to me. He enslaved your ancestry, makes you place pictures in that TV frame, see, to make you love him, and then blame it all on me. But if it wasn't for me, if she never ate off that tree, could you believe it would still be just Adam and she? No me, no you, or nothing you love to do. Some people will hate this poem, truthful as it is. But ain't it funny how you let the devil tell you who the devil is? My name is Lucifer. And I was made in the image of my father. I was in pain. Wow. Wow. One more time for the brother. Let's give it one more time. Wow, man. Absolutely. Absolute. Absolutely phenomenal piece. We're going to have to unpack this piece because I know this right here is going to spark conversations. 
this one right here. Oh my goodness. Now, this now this uh now what you're talking about in this poem, what you're talking about in this poem, I'm I'm very, very familiar with. But this goes to show you how you will have people, because it's all right there in front of your face. The whole storyline is right in your face. But perception, that's the proper key word that you use. It's, it's, it's all about perception, how you perceive things. And in essence, you know, because we're going to talk about this Lucifer. Lucifer, actually that name Lucifer, because like you said, uh, Satan or, or Lucifer name was the brighter morning star. It was the brighter morning star. Now, how, because I, I just I just seen like a little docu a docu-series about this, which is crazy that you that you read that poem, man, that you spit that poem. Cause I just seen some about this. And it said during the time, this is how the brighter morning star became Lucifer. You know what I'm saying? Lucifer, if I'm not mistaken, it means bearer of light, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Bearer of light. Mm-hmm. So what they were saying in this documentary, it was like basically the individual that was, I forget what time frame it was, but it was an individual who was going for a position in the in the Catholic, you know, in their hierarchy, whether he was going for the Pope or whatever. But his, his adversary was an individual named Lucifer. It was Saint Lucifer. His name was Saint Lucifer something. You can probably do the research. I'm going to get those. I'm going to fact check it and get it and get back to you with it. But but he was saying basically that they used the name Lucifer. They used the name Lucifer as a as like a political ploy. You know what I'm saying? Because he was actually the brighter morning star. And I think it translates is to Ben um Ben Ben Hilal. I think that's the, the the when you when you do the uh Jewish the Hebrew when you do the Hebrew um breakdown of it mm-hmm. I think it's Ben Hilal something like that son of the star son of the star whatever that's what Lucifer is but Satan but all the points she was making about how he turned from being an angel one of the most beautifulest angels ever you know right side by side with God and then he became hated, despised, and de- and all for telling the truth. Yeah. Also, how the actions of a group of people or people mm. get blamed on him instead of us really focusing. Like, I feel like a lot of times it'd be a cop out when things happen and it'd be like, oh, it ain't nothing but the devil. It ain't nothing but the devil. It ain't nothing but the devil. And it'd mm. be like, now that's them. <laughs> it's like you blame it all on the devil. Blame it. Bl- you need somebody to blame it on. You need yeah, something. Yeah, but you don't want to blame it on who it really is because who doing it is exactly. more probable. See, the devil becomes this thing, like this energy or this thing, instead of people that's right there that we can be like, nah, that's you. Indeed. Indeed. You're doing this and you have a history of doing certain things. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes to, I would just, you know, again, it's just a trigger thought at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But to say that, you know, you look at the history of certain things that have transpired on this globe to certain groups of people, 
you have to call that kind of behavior devilish. In, indeed. You got to. You got to call a spade a spade. You got to so call a spade a spade. I just want to be like, you know, the moral to the poem or what I want people to walk away from is who's the devil really? Mm. Mm. Exactly. Who is the devil? And that, and that, and, that, and that's the thing too, man, what people don't want to do. People don't want to blame the individuals who was justly responsible for the shit that's going on. You know what I mean? Like it's always a cop out, especially dealing with us being black in America. And I'm going to go there. Us being black in America is always like, oh, it's always we're imagining the oppression. Like this shit is not, it's not real. It's in our head. You got it so good. Like this man treats you so well. You're, you're treated so well in this country. And it's, it's a bunch of bullshit. It's a bunch of bullshit. We're not imagining the oppression. We're not imagining, imagining the, the devilishment. Like when you, when you want to take the Kim trial, and this is crazy, which is another fact. Because Prince was trying to bring this to, to, to light before he passed. And and he was he was like campaigning it for years about why they put in chemtrails in these communities. And then you look at the communities that the chemtrails are in, you see they have the highest the rate of murder. The highest rate of murder. When you go, when you go to Chicago and you see you see the murder rate, when you you go back in New York back in '93. Back in 93, I remember this vividly. 93 was the year where there were so many homicides in New York City committed by felons under the age of 16. The highest ever in history in 1993, which was a hot summer. If you remember that summer, it was a very I hot summer. Very well. And if you notice about that in that era right there from like 92, 93 specifically, there was a lot of chemtrails in the sky. And I remember seeing it vividly, me growing up and looking up in the sky and you always seen the planes. And we like, oh, look, at they they making the smoke. We didn't know what it was. We used to look, it was entertainment. Yeah, it was entertainment. Yo, they making, they coming up with the helicopters and they making the, the different smoke trails. We thought they were putting on the show for the hood. They wasn't putting on no show for the hood. They was releasing these chemtrails in the hood and it had a, a, a lasting effect on our people specifically. And, and nobody wanted to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Prince was campaigning like, why are they putting these chemtrails in our neighborhoods? Yep. Why yep. are they doing it? And, yep. and and this is straight devilish, man. Like, it's not it's not even, oh, like you're trying to bring a, a, a good you're trying to get people to kill each other. And this has been a long going conspiracy about black people, they, them, them altering the mood of black people in order to be more violent towards one another. Yep. And, and, and when yep. you look at it, dealing with our people, why is it every time when you got to deal with your people, you got to deal with the mean mug? You got to deal yeah. There's an automatic angst. Like, in I'll There's kill you, angst. nigga. It's like, it's like, yo, it's like you get extra turned up. You even only got a certain amount of seconds to keep looking at people like. Exactly. If, worse, if the look is longer than a certain amount of time, it's a problem. It's a problem. Like, what you looking at, nigga? What you looking at, bro? What you looking at? That, and, 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 and that's, remember the boondocks, they came out with that episode when they said those two individuals had a nigga moment when they was walking by each other and they bumped each other and then they wind up killing everybody around them except for each other and then the police came and killed them. 
And this is so serious. It's so real. It's so deliberate. It's so deliberate when you see, when you go in the hood, that's why I'm making my business. When I'm in close quarters with another black male or black person, I, I try my best to make them feel as comfortable as possible. You know what I mean? Break the ice. What's going on, my yep, brother? Yep, How yep, you doing, yep, my brother? Yep, yep, yep. What's good, King? Like, What's you know good, what I'm saying? Let, let, let him know that it ain't no animosity here, man. I don't hate you. You look just like me going through the same shit that I'm going through. I love you, King. And I want you to know that. And a lot of times, a lot of beef in the street, it get escalated over what you said. A look. A look. You know what I'm saying? This is deliberate. This ain't no no coincidence. Why are we so violent towards one another? But when we see the oppressor, the individual who causes us to strife, we become meek. We become very, you know, you ever see, even in the hood, when you see, <laughs> it's funny, because when you see black people, right, in the hood, and white people is about to fight, why out of nowhere? No, no black person is around, but soon as two white people about to fight, a black person come and save them. No. Like if a white person do something, something, I just see the video the other day. The white, the white, the white dude did something to the brother. He did something to him, and the brother went out of him, and then out of nowhere, another brother come, no, come save the brother. He's about to tear this white boy up. And and another brother come and just save him. No, you can't touch him. No, no. He was ready to go to war for this dude. And I'm like, why you, is that? Because you're going to go to jail for fighting a white person. Yeah, you go to jail, but it's, a, it's an innate fear that I believe that we have, you know? Because all these gangsters in Chicago... All these gangsters are shooting each other with the murder, the murder rate in Washington, the murder rate in, in D.C. I'm, um, or the murder rate in New York or, or in Chicago is so high that we're so easy. It's so easy for us to pull a trigger and kill one another. But when it comes to the one who's oppressing you, the one who causes you to be in the situation you're in, you become meek, you become you become passive, you become very, you know, what I'm saying humble. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you ready to kill your own. You ready to kill your own. But when when you see that 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 skin, like Paul Mooney, our, the late Paul Mooney said, you got the complexion to fit the connection. You know what I'm saying? You got the complexion to fit the connection. And a lot of us are afraid, and nobody want to talk about it. But a lot of us are afraid when it comes to white people. And that's not and that's not something that's coincidental. It's something that's very deliberate. It's something that's been entrenched in our in our minds since slavery. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We've been our, our forefathers been putting that in our head. Now, you know, our mothers, they, they say the mother is the first teacher of the child. So if this mother, when you come out of the womb and the mother is telling you, though, when you see the white man, you bow down. You see another brother, you take his head off. But you see the white man, you bow down and you like. You know, eventually, as the years go on, years go on, we're at where we at, man. It's crazy. But that poem right there, my brother, that, that shit put it right on the line. It put it right on the line. Very, very phenomenal piece, man. Very Thank phenomenal you, piece, man. You, man. Very phenomenal piece. I applaud you, man. One more round of applause for that one, man. That piece right there was definitely it. So... We ain't stopping, man. We ain't stopping, man. This train, this train is keeping. We gonna keep this train going, man. We gonna keep okay. this train going. So, uh, you want to preface the next piece that you gonna spit for us? Yeah, I don't know how you gonna feel about this. <laughs> All right, let me. Oh, what's the name of it? This piece is called 
when the mighty have fallen. Oh, concrete jungle. Oh, this 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 is this is a a a a, a sequel. It's not really a sequel. It's just it's called Concrete Jungle. I before we even get into this piece, man, because this is this is some trivia right here. You guys got to go back and listen to the first show. You got to go back and listen to the art of storytelling, because in the art of storytelling, he did this piece called the mighty when the mighty have fallen. And this is one of my favorite pieces from this brother, man. This is an epic piece. Forget the Lion King. This piece right here is where it's at. And, um, if this is anything near sequel, I'm all ears, my brother. Let me set the stage back for you. Coming right, back, it's not to, a sequel. Though. I just want to. Not a sequel. Yeah, it's right, not, it's a not a sequel. sequel. All right, yeah. all right. Well, let me let, let's 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 bring our brother back to the stage. Give up another warm warm welcome to my brother and your brother, Mister Written in Pain. <laughs> All right, this piece was called When the Mighty Have Fallen, Concrete Jungle. I was born the same night my uncle got his first one and twos. Started crawling over cables when he mastered EQs. In the background, back down with rhythm and blues. Had an addiction for puma sweats, fat laces and shoes. This is when Red Alert, Cool Hurt, still putting in work. When everybody, when everybody bought dimes, the trays was dirt. They didn't have Phillies then, only Big Bamboo. Cross Cortona Park in the dark, but that's a big gamble. Cross town, repping spades, that's a no can do. That's where Zulu Nation was stationed. Way before Decepts and Low Lives were ever in creation. When bomb art and rapping was fun and recreation. Trying to time a Chuck Chill. And when the good dope and the good coke was only on Sugar Hill. When the game was never explained. They laid it out for us. Dick Chains and Theodores, 4D, Cherokee G, for four tie holes and four explorers. They was thoroughbreds. Plus, they was thorough with the bread. Came back rich, went to any borough for the bread. Me? I was still knee pads and freeze tag. Pushing clay in the milk cap, real raps. Knock them out the box before Rick. When Mike was the first round pick. When two rounds with Mike meant you got your ass kicked. Back when anybody would snuff you. Sheepskins before the bubble. Tender patrol in the hovel. Yankees ain't shit. We did the Super Bowl shuffle. Blue caps, red caps, bonus for the pipes. Them dudes was who them rap dudes wanted to be like. Facts. So we watch our idols fall through the cracks. I mean, fall through the crack. Some decided to pick up the ball and bring it back. We would never smoke crack. Nah, Jack, never that. We had a plan. Plus, we remembered that pan with two eggs cracked. We'd be damned if our brains get fried like that. We made a pack. Get the coat, cook the crack. Get the stack back to back. Timberlands, triple fat. 
That's the goose. Willie's in the mongoose. Snoop Dogg, gin and juice. Now it's dimes over the Knicks. No more, no more dobies for the pits. Me, T, Valentino Devine, who got his tech nine the same day I got mine. Fades, braids, ratchet in the flight jacket. It was skate key of the club. Mary was looking for real love. We pitching that rock at the rucker. Look for a chick. Try fucker, run a chain in the spot. This one transit cops was still on the spots. Same summer, Nas and Akinelli drop. Lennox, 119, 20s and dimes. Coke, weed, crack combined. And everybody buying. We in the trap. But please don't save me. It's so crazy. No more shopping at Old Navy. Then we started getting consignment. Oh, baby. I did acrobats with every pack that they gave me. Wallabies and Red Avi. Shit was gravy, made the bread more savory. So much dough could have opened up a bakery. Val had a dream, locked down Soho. Give a few packs to some homos. Half crack running through the track like Flojo. Me, Val, and T, trifecta. Had shit from Harlem to Tribeca. Val went from buyer to supplier. Me and T, head of the table, and it's fine. He running his, I'm running mine. That's when the baby nine was hard to find. Everything in Soho was my PC solo. Me and Katricia held it down for Dolo. She had the Nordica van, kept a man dressed in polo. Police had scanners, kept trying to jam us. She was bananas. A line of fiends in the street in their pajamas. The way we ran around the block, you'd have thought we Barry Sanders. One chick thick, made a four-man crew. Val, me, loyalty, sport his full man chew. Duck in the pole to get rich. Niggas thought they was AZ Poe and Rich. Someone saw a pic of Katricia, started to snitch. That's when an Instagram only came from the kitchen. Got drawn out on canvas in front of them police cameras. She got intercepted for the sack. We call that a Deion Sanders. What I'm going to say. They gave that girl football numbers. One starts to wonder when it's going to be your day. They call your play. I was putting in work. This was mess tabs before the perk. I was wanting to chill. Village was hotter than a foreman's grill. Now it's only Val and me. Loyalty packed up his grams and OZ scrammed the DC. I'm trying to avoid the PDs. Mind you, I'm from four spots and I'm on probation. This before cell phones gave away your location. I had bass in the basement. Packing vows because I'm the face, vows face to replace with. That was just basic. We had a thermal underwear. I'm bubble bear. He long links. I'm all black. He Harlem pink. I'm rocking big pun. He rocking Cuban links. He going to push us to the pen for cash money. I'm starting to think maybe I could push my pen and murder ink. Why end up behind bars, pen seal for life, when I could just use a bar and use a pen seal to write? It was time to go. Streets had already failed me. See, I left with an F. Then Val calls me six months after Biggie's death. I got a plan, C. You know I would do it. Loyal to the family. It's going to be a breeze. Lockdown Maryland with a couple of keys. I need to take the connect for a ride. We're going to get to his crib. You take them inside, it's a hole inside, keep her occupied. All this should coincide while you go inside. I was with it, I hit it. While y'all go get it, we did it. 15K, I'm good for the day. The three days pay, 
I'm on my way. Loyalty got stopped day before the towers in the blueprint drop. It's Kobe, Ali Moe, Skip Bell with the Cali Wiz, though. Yo. Now, since Val independent, he need me for lieutenant. Whole house, trap house, both got tenants. My job, know who left, who in it. Also collect funds, distribute guns, check accounts, no amounts. Make sure there's no five-figure discounts. Ali Moe get caught in Compton. This one, Mike got his ass whipped. Shaq and Kobe just got their first chip. Ali was the first domino. I ain't talking pizza. He signed so many deals, you would have thought he was looking for a feature. And it wasn't long before the streets heard all his songs. None of them hits. But all the cribs got hit. My ass on Wall Street. Slinging stocks from a gold pit. Cops ran through all our shit. Bagged the whole clique. I'm legit. Val split. It's the end of the outfit. Now, I wish I could say that's how it all ended. This was all before Val was apprehended. They started asking me questions, but no answer was extended. This got enough detectives offended. That's when they showed me statements and who penned it. I'm like, are you kidding? Val always said his favorite album was It Was Written, but you should have seen the shit he was spitting. Left Val with the pigs. I could have keep in school. He told him the whole smell, took the deal, set T up for the fall. Funny how Val didn't show loyalty, any loyalty at all. Police tried to calm me. Said the trip to Maryland was really a homie. And if I don't cooperate, I'm going to get hit with the body. True. I like the rap. But I ain't taking the rap. I have to get a lawyer to get out this trap. No weapon, no fingerprints to match. They kept tripping up facts. And I swear on God, I never said a word. That's my word. This was all facts. The only thing I'm ever guilty of is trying to get cheese with some rats. And yeah, it does come a day. When the mighty shall fall. That was in pain. Wow. Wow. Yo, I love the way you took that, man. You took the, the whole concept. I, uh, you guys got to listen to the mighty have fallen. You got to listen to that first piece, man. You got to listen to that first piece because this will make so much more sense. You know what I mean? Listening to that piece right there. Damn that piece right there, bro. That's And I and, and I know personally that there's a lot of facts <laughs> this ain't just rap you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's a lot of facts into this man and damn b but i love the way you you coincided with that concept the mighty have fallen man and that shit is real b that's ah damn man that shit right there, man. That's how it be, man. It's like you going to heaven to see God smoke crack. You like, yo, I can't believe this. This, like, he said what? 
What? And that's how it be, B. I know from Bro, experience, it's man. Like, it's nothing like really tagging up with a nigga like, like real, like this real, like this, this, this street shit. But it's nothing like, you know what I'm saying? You and the dude from the market days tagging up. And then you, you get paperwork and you know that you know this signature. <laughs> it's not about nothing nobody saying. You just know that you ain't even gotta read nothing. All you know is that signature. <laughs> that, that's his signature. Uh, oh man, hold on. We lost a little, we lost a contact with my brother. He'll be right back. But that's definitely what it is. Yeah, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but my brother is back in the building. Yeah, uh, so I called it the when the mighty have fallen, really, because uh, it always make me think about that kind of situations when those happen. But I really, you know, what I'm saying that might not be the staple title, but I called it "Concrete Jungle" when the mighty have fallen because uh, people who heard the other show know the first uh, when the mighty have fallen took place in the junk in the real jungle. And sometimes I make, uh, you know, anal- uh, metaphors for the, you know, the streets and the real jungle. So, um, yeah, but that motive, that picture was motivated from a picture. My cousin came to visit me and he had a picture of us. And uh, I think we was coming from seeing a movie or something. But he had the cream white Avarex mm. and I had the red Avarex. And when I saw that picture, man, it just took me back. I remember the day I bought that jacket. It just took me back. All these things started going through my head. And it just really made me think about a time frame just in history. That's why I kind of, if you listen to the piece, I kind of aligned the fence with certain things that was happening, maybe in pop culture or hip hop. Mm. That's like the background or the soundtrack. If you grew up in the 90s, if you was a teenager in your 20s and the 90s, y'all know what I'm talking about. That era had a certain, it was yes. a vibe there that you can't, yes. can't verbalize it. But if you was there, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, that's that, I mean, it's profound, man. But when you look at that time frame, you say you look at the picture, like, do you see worlds apart? Like, like you was a whole nother person. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, you know, to be honest, and this is just what I try to tell people, like, I never, I never wanted, I never wanted to go to jail, man. Mm. And I think that I don't know what motivate, I don't know where the fuck it come in with certain people when it came to hustling. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I, I make a different distinction between sometimes people make impulsive situations. Like you could hit somebody, you could you could hit somebody, knock them in the temple and kill them, end up going to jail the rest of your life off a moment that you wish you could rewind. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hustling is a everyday, every moment conscious decision it ain't even like being a serial killer because even a serial killer, they don't do that shit. No serial killer ever kills somebody every single day. Exactly. Like you could go to jail, get robbed, shot, die, the feds, anything could happen any second, any day, whether you transport anything, that mm. shit is the most high stress environment. Mm. So when I look at people that I don't even know personally that even have did a bid, like, maybe a one to three and came home and went back to doing the exact same shit that they did to get bagged in the first place. Mm. So I never did. Like I met, I've had experience with, uh, 
you know, what they call a county. You know, I had local, you know, I've, I've been uh, arrested before. And those situations, to me, were kind of, it was like small, it just started as it kept happening. Because when you do, as you know, when you out there doing illegal shit, mm-hmm. you're going to have police contact. Mm-hmm. Especially, again, when it, come to, when it comes to that occupation, you in the same place every day. No one's dumb. Everybody, including the police, know what you're doing standing there all day, mm-hmm. right? Everybody knows what you're doing here, sir. So <laughs> it's it's a different it's a different texture to where I was. I, it started becoming a splinter in my brain when I partook in certain activity to be like, I don't want to go to jail for this. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't. I just don't. Because, and also, you know, the game was tainted back then. And for people who don't know, I'm explaining to you in the simplest way I can. You had situations where white people was getting caught with pounds of narcotics, be it cocaine, obituates. And they was getting like slaps on the wrist, in some instances fined. And a black person could get caught with a very small amount of processed cocaine, which they call crack, mm-hmm. which has not crack. It's not 100% cocaine. It's mixed exactly. with other things. Exactly. But you could get caught with a very small amount of crack and get a lot of time. And there was people that I knew personally. And these were smart brothers. These was intelligent brothers. These was funny brothers. These was good brothers. These was brothers who was athletes. These were decent brothers that they weren't, they weren't deviant. They weren't evil people. They weren't killers or murderers because they chose that for occupation. Different things led them to doing that. Some people did it just because they wanted the fly shit that came along with that. Some people did it because they had to. But no one deserved the kind of time that they was given, brothers, for doing that. Exactly. And that, that you mentioned that that's I'm, I'm so happy you mentioned that, because when you really look at it, right, this it shows you it shows you the hypocrisy in the law. It shows you how it's very deliberate what they're doing and that the plight that they have for us is very deliberate. It's nothing coincidental about it, because when you when you break down crack and you break down cocaine, first of all, the the illegal substance is cocaine. So when you when you break down crack, crack is a percentage of baking soda and a whole bunch of other bullshit that that's that's legal. <laughs> the baking soda is legal, the ammonia they put in there is legal, all that stuff is legal, but it's a small percentage of cocaine. Very but what's small. legal what's legal is the cocaine. That's what's illegal. But because it's in crack form and because they know that black people sell crack. Then they're going to give you football numbers. And that's when I call bullshit with the justice system. That's why, you know what I'm saying? Because I have a I have a brother who's a, a, a police officer, you know. One of my brothers is a cop. And um, one of those, one of the things that we have a conversation about me and him a lot of times is that it's bullshit when you try to say, oh, you out there fighting the good fight. When you say you out there fighting the good fight and that, uh, you know these are these these cops right here are good upstanding people. They just trying to make the world a better place. They trying to make the community a better place. I call bullshit 
Because the things they do, how they police our communities, how they come in our communities and terrorize, you know what I'm saying? Because you got you got white people who get high. You got white people who sell drugs too. You know what I'm saying? It ain't no brother Tyrone in the hood floating and flying all that shit in this country. You know what I mean? But that's that's the public enemy number one. This is the this is the the number one sole perpetrator of crack cocaine in America is people who look like you and me. And oh. in in those times, they was throwing the book at us, throwing the book. Also, I always want I always tell people this, and it's not a scapegoat, and it's none of that. This is just a fact. And if you don't believe me, you know, do your own research. And uh, look it up for yourself. But all the foreigners that came into this country, be it the Chinese, the Italians, they all came in here with some sort of underground economy before mm-hmm. they was able to get established. The money that the Italians got to open up pizza shops and open up different businesses Bootleg. in different neighborhoods, and especially in the city neighborhoods, because there's plenty of pizza shops that were in communities where Italians didn't live. That came from them racketeering and money yes. laundering and doing illegal betting. That's where they got that economy from. And it's the same with the Chinese. Whether they were selling uh, bootleg or illegal movies or whatever yeah. they did before they could open their restaurant. And every group of Chinese people came with the opium and they was and they was uh, came with the prostitution under the guise of opium lounges and mas- massage parlors and all of that. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And everybody was allowed to use their underground economy or their untaxed money to establish themselves in this Legit. country, except except yeah. black people. Exactly. The rules change. The rules change. Like Chris Rock said it one time. He said, if Philip Morris was a black family, you get 20 years for a pack of cigarettes. You get 20 years for a pack of cigarettes. If Philip Morris was a black family, if that was Johnson... Johnsons and Jacksons who mm-hmm. own tobacco mm-hmm. companies, Marlboros mm-hmm. and Newports and all that, you get 20 years for a pack of Newports, B. Mm-hmm. And um it's very deliberate. And and you made a great point because each of these individuals who came started at the bottom and they had an underground economy. They had something that they could, they was getting by with until they can become legit. But mm-hmm. when it comes to the black people, the, the rules change. Is, you're not allowed to do that. That's why I'm a I'm a proud advocate of taking back our communities. And when I say take back our communities, is that anything non-black in your community do not support. Do not support. Now, when you look in our communities nowadays, like you, you know, I'm li- I'm in Brooklyn. You got the Arabs on every corner. Mm-hmm. You got the Chinese restaurants on every corner. You know what I'm saying? You, you got the Spanish spots too. You got all of them, everybody in the community that, that that's running the community, that's getting all the money in the community. They never give nothing back to the, the people who live there. And you, you're you froze out. You don't have nothing. You know what I'm saying? So Look black, what's deep though. Mm-hmm. They all get, and that shows you the economic power of black people. Because all them people in your community, the Arabs, the Chinese, the Jews, even the Africans, they all getting money off you. Off none you. of them live in that community. Nope. And none of them come to nowhere else to spend money. You never see Chinese people in a black establishment doing nothing. Nothing. You never see Jews in a black establishment buying never. anything. They keep their money in house. Exactly. Black people, you know, that's we the only ones. We, we can do a show. Yeah. We can do a show we on the, that. We the only ones, bro. We the only ones who, who basically don't you know what I mean? When it comes to 
when it comes to wealth, when it comes to building wealth, when it comes to patronizing yourself, we the only ones that we're so we are so generous with everyone else. But when it comes to each other, oh, I'm not going to buy that because we have a stigma of ourselves that you're going to get bad business when you're dealing with black people. That's the stigma. That's the stereotype. Oh, oh, if you go to a black restaurant, you're going to be waiting for days. You're going to be you're going to be dealing with a lazy customer, uh, lazy customer service. Or it's going to be some type of detriment or some type of hindrance from you getting getting proper good service customer yep. service when you're dealing with black people and this is what they try to promote and what they, and, and i ain't gonna lie in some instances it is true we gotta tighten up on our shit but yep. at the end of the day our community should be ran by us we should we should control what's in our communities we yep. should determine what types of food comes in our community. When they, when they, when them Starbucks, they put their big Starbucks up, they the health food stores and the Whole Foods, they survey that community. They know what they're bringing to that community. When Whole Foods open up a store in in the, in the area, they know we have individuals who are vegan. We got individuals who are health conscious. We're gonna open up this Whole Foods and we're gonna we're gonna provide them with the things they need. Yeah, we absolutely. can get those things too. But they, they, the things that they think of us, how they think about us, is nothing. <clears throat> I said in a poem one time, they furnish our communities with fried foods and liquor. Maybe they figure niggas die quicker from ulcers and cirrhosis of the liver. You know, this is how they market. There's a market for niggas. Talon said that there's a yep. market for niggas. Yep. And that's how they market us. They market us with the food. Look at the food they market us with. We got a Popeye's. We got two Popeye's on the same block. Yeah, two Popeyes yeah. on the same block. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We we can't get a Whole Foods in the neighborhood. We can't get something that got that got yeah. some good plant based uh, uh food for the, for for the community. We we don't get those type of things. Popeyes liquor store, Chinese restaurant, exactly. Arab store. That's it. Chopped cheese. You can go from a chopped cheese to four wings and French fries to the liquor store. Back and get some more junk food. You don't have no food. That's that's bringing life to you yeah none and it's very deliberate it's very deliberate the things they do is deliberate but we need to be deliberate in that regard as well and being deliberate is not supporting nothing that don't support you man it's just basic economic but that 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 poem bro see we definitely need to do a show about that, man. We definitely need to yeah, do a yeah, show about sure. that, man. That's, that's for sure. But let's get let's keep let's keep it let's keep it pushing. We went through poem number three. Now let's set the stage for poem number four. But first, I'm gonna play a message from one of my sponsors, and right after that, we'll get in we'll get into this next piece from Mr. Okay. Written in Pain. Hello, this is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Interchild Press International. First, I must say we at Interchild Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Interchild Press International offer to you his listeners and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. 
Please mention code Spoken Soul to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com. And we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Inner Child Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.innerchildpress.com. Thank you. Coming back to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my brother and your brother, Mr. Written in Pain. Um, this piece is called <clears throat> Love Loss. And it would seem that it was just yesterday when our love began. My memory fails me to remember any moment before the second I saw you. Time became still as night and I became entangled in your starlight. And how was it now that I'm alone? How was it that your heart no longer beats for me? Can passion reach a temperature so hot causing the soul to simply evaporate? I stand here praying for your condensation. Reason has left my consideration as I, as I am deeply, deeply missing you. Wishing you return to me. Do the gods even have concern for me or do they mock the personalized hell I'm in now? Burning in. Needing you to fill the whole of me my will used to be, where my life used to be, and how, how, how could it be that, that you could leave me, that your heart could, could no longer beat for me, for we vowed eternity, yet, yet we are so far from there, and you are so far from here, for even if, even if I began to walk, the walk of a million miles by, by the millionth mile, I, I'd be no closer to you. You even him. If I baited wasted breath, how could you leave me? My, my mere existence is void persistence, faded like the colors of an ancient portrait, long, long forgotten. Please, don't leave me. Don't, don't leave me here. My, my love has no nest to nestle in. My body longing, the eclipse of your lips. What I, what I wouldn't do for, what I wouldn't do for one more kiss. For one more whispered, I love you. Because I love you. And tell me, how? How could this be that, that your heart no longer beats for me? How can I be complete as I mourn she who completes me? Can you even hear me? Do my words even hold valor in this place you are? Your love was my protection. 
Your love gave me life. Your, your eyes, I found myself betwixt in your reflection. You were more than my muse. You were my music. And, and how, how do you love love and, and merely lose it, dancing alone to moans and low tones, the sounds the body makes when loneliness reaches the bones? You were the salt of my life. The flavor that I savored was you. Please, please don't. Just allow me to love you once more. For my heart is not capable of love anymore. Look, look at you. Just look at you. Cold is the mere touch of you. Yet I am warmed at the sight of you dying, trying to kiss you. By the glory of the gods, I miss you. Your lips have lost all life of me, yet I will repeatedly kiss you desperately, but your love that was just for me is gone. Yet I refuse this reality, trying, vying to crawl into your space, wiping my tears from, from your face. Please take me with you to your resting place. Yet, yet you won't respond to me, and I can't believe you're gone from me, and I can't let this be, for I will be here waiting for you in the morrows as I, as I am prizing you, as I am pulled away from you. I watch the casket close on you. I watch them lower you into the darkness. I watch them mourn you. I watch them pick flowers on your perfect place. I ask myself, how, 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 how could this be? That your heart no longer beats for me. I was really in pain. Wow. Do y'all see what I mean, man? Oh my goodness, man. Now, now, now I I have an I I have an idea of what that piece is talking about. But can you please inform my audience? Please inform my audience the depth of this piece right here, man. Um, you know, it's a lot of uh it's a lot of times where, you know, you lose people in this life without maybe expressing it to them how you feel or them knowing, you know, what it is that you're going through. When it comes to your relationship with them, or sometimes you just wish you had more time. So um, that piece is a combination of just people that I've lost in my life. Um, I lost my daughter. Um, you know, when I was younger, um, I lost a girlfriend that she died in my arms, a tree hit her in the head. And so this piece was just a combination of having to bury love while it's still living inside you. So I try to put it in a poetic frame where people could kind of, if you went through that or didn't go through that, maybe you could still feel it. Mm, definitely, man. That's, that's a very emotional, very powerful piece, man. Very, very thought-provoking and e an emotional piece, man. That I mean, profound, man. Profound, you, man. profound. 
but you guys can see the depth, you know, of your writing ability, man. You know, it's, it's not it's not easy to do. It's definitely not easy to do, man. But we definitely appreciate your art and your craft, man. That was just phenomenal, man. That was a phenomenal piece, man. Phenomenal you, piece. And what's the title that piece entitled again? Love Lost. Love Lost. Indeed, man. Indeed. Profound piece, my brother. Profound, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I told you guys, man. I told I told my audience, man, they was gonna be in for a treat, man. And this this has definitely, definitely been a treat. But I wanna, I wanna, I wanna what you call, I wanna play one particular piece. This this don't count as the fifth piece. You still got okay, a, okay. You still got another you still got another piece. Okay. But I did want to play a piece and uh I want I wanted you to give a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of history behind this piece. The name of this piece is called uh uh what, what was the name of it again? It was oh uh have my money. <laughs> this this piece has history, you know. This piece has history. I want to play for the. I want to play. You want to. You want to. You yeah. This is a funny. This is a funny piece. Is a and it, but it's sparked by real live events, and it's, yeah. it's definitely. I'm not going. I'm not going to say no names. We're going to say no names. I'm going to say. I just listened to that show. It was a great show. I did <laughs> it was a good show. It was a great show. Definitely, definitely. But, um, basically, I had did a show. This is crazy because I was working on my. I was working on a project at the time, um, and so you know. I'm getting music and I'm coming up with concepts. And while this is happening, I win a slam, and the promoter to the slam kind of the slam was for money. And at the end of the night, the the promoter kind of didn't have all the bread, and he kind of gave me a story about why he had the bread. So then he gave me a partial payment on the bread, and the bread he kept. So while this is all happening, I conceptualize this track that my brother's about to play. He's actually on the track. This is, uh, when the track comes on, you'll actually hear Party Black in the beginning. That's him. Uh, that's my son at the end of the track. And uh, the track is called Have My Money. And uh, yeah. All right, let's get into it, man. I'm sorry, sir. Um, we don't have all of your money. What do you mean we got all my money? I'm the feature. I know that, sir. Things just didn't work Yo, you out. About the way. to make me wild no out. No need man. to get hostile. Payment in full was in the contract. I know that, sir. But but the joint was packed. Indeed, it was. You see, the bar didn't really sell like we planned. What the fuck the bar got to do with Nothing me? Nothing at all, sir. You, you don't have to get it. Man, you better have my money. Peace and love. Ain't no love till I get my peace. About to get it popping, I don't get my grease. Better have my chicken, you don't want no beef. Better have my check, you don't want no wreck. No disrespect, I did my set. Ain't no money, touch the pocket jet. Did you forget? Let me remind you. Cause every step you take, I'm right behind you. I did your show, where my dough? Yeah, I'm a poet, heard it all before. We ain't collect all the money at the dough. Man, y'all should've had my money out the dough. For real, bro, where my dough? Where my cheese? Why you acting like 
like you about to leave. Better have my money, find that thriller. Or you about to see a poet turn gorilla. I ain't no killer, but you're joking, right? I ain't come here for your open mic. But everything I write had them open, right? Pay me next week, yo, you smoking, right? You know I don't flow for free. 35 minutes pop poetry. But I'm about to pop, you don't have my feet. Another side of pain you about to see. You about to be bird on the balcony. Five heartbeats away from about for me. I won the slam. Congratulations, this money's short. Short of my patience. Bet your doctor won't be short of patience. You paid yourself, you played yourself. My face on the flyer that you made yourself. He's sneaking out the back, major stealth. Instead of trying to have my bread quick, he trying to dip. He a breadstick. Fucking jerk. I did my work. Nobody move, nobody get hurt. No, he trying to hide behind the skirt. Got me talking to the barmaid, telling me how much the bar made. I said, do you know what my bars made? Fuck your claps, fuck your snaps. Where my trap? Where my stack? Where my bag? Where my rack? Nah, I don't really want to talk in the back, but I got a revolver. You talking to that? The DJ paid, that's a fucking shame. The flyer don't even say his fucking name. The DJ ain't even the reason they came. They came for pain, spitting flames. Half now, half later, I don't play them games. Where my ones? Where my funds? You smiling and laughing like it's all in fun. It's about to get real track and field, son. Cause when I start flipping, hope you're ready to run. Run, 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 yo, run me that 12 minutes of poetry, won me that Can't believe the promoter just done me that Ticket price, $10 a pop The bar was like $6 a shot $8 for wings wasn't all that hot $75, that's all you got? Nah, for the shit I dropped Nobody move, nobody get shot It's no metaphor when I blow up your spot Have my bankroll when I show up the rock I know you think poets are so complacent Till you tied up in that Brooklyn basement You wanted me for promo, that would've been fine Would've sent an email and kind of declined But it's a price tag associated with time You don't got what's mine, you pay that fine Curve your dog, don't walk on the grass Better have pain money for you whoop on that ass Nah homie, we ain't friends Better have my money, better pay them ends, 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 ends Yo, 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 it's really funny, son, y'all niggas is really laughable, B, like that ass, done. Can't tell a producer he can't be on the track. <laughs> yo, you're so wild on the end of the track. Yo, that's one of my favorite joints right there, man. That's one of my favorite Baby, joints. What man. you owe me? Yo, that's real rap, man. That, <laughs> that that poetry, man. People be thinking, man, poets go through it, man. 
we need them. We need those coins. We yeah, get man. Around. I haven't I done been offered hot wings. <laughs> They offer you hot wings for payment. Hot yo, 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 we ain't got all your bread. All the hot wings I can eat, though. All the hot wings I want. Don't worry about it. <laughs> eat all your hot wings. Yeah, do you. <laughs> all, all the extra blue cheese you want. You get extra celery sticks and all that. <laughs> That's crazy, <laughs> B. But yeah, the, the struggle is real, man. That, that, that poem right there is real rap right there, man. It is what it is, man. But when you when you when you playing the circuit, man, and you doing these shows, man, you see the craziest things, B. You see the craziest things, man. It's all a part of the the territory, man. But I thought that was a funny joint right there. That's my joint right there. But yeah, my brother, that was just a setup for the finale. This is it. The finale. This brother promised us five pieces. And he came and delivered. He delivered on his promise. I didn't have to run him down and chase him down. He called me. I couldn't believe it. He was like, yo, Black, I'm ready. I'm like, what? <laughs> let me set up the equipment. <laughs> but yeah, let me set the stage up for my brother to come back and do his final piece. And then we're going to sit and talk about it. Okay. All right. So coming back to the stage. Let's give a warm, warm, warm welcome to my brother, man, from another mother, Mr. Written in Pain, Carlos Lavazari. This piece is called An Eighth of That Morpheus. They say high size 2020. It's future depictions that get a little fuzzy. They say man creates his own path, but does he because he quite often is inspired by exaggerated image of his own desires. But the sorts in which desires are acquired, hmm, men make mention of fantasy call it destiny, often obtained by coercion or perversion. And I know you're tired of all this subconscious nonsense. But remember, when you follow that flow, there's an undertow. Thoughts magnified by emotion, uploaded, eroded, once digitized, pictures is life paralyzed, pixelized. So what reality now hides is reality's lies, filtered into visual lies we now visualize. This isn't how the paradigm of the mind is designed. Those ain't videos you posting, just pictures flicking in still motion. The brain's conflicted because it's still motion. You ain't going nowhere. Blue pills, red pills, they sell them to kids. Facebook jail. How we doing? Virtual bids. Downward spiral. Peace, love, never go viral. God and devil, never been rivals. 
See how the mind frame to believe the picture's perfect? Flooded information till everybody's a know-it-all. It's protocol. Wisdom becomes worthless below the surface. You think that's air you're breathing? That apple in your pocket? Grown on a tree of life? Solicited by serpents for retail? Downloading souls for resale? Merging masculinity with females? I mean women? Crown queens, turn IG model, pouring her spirit into a Coke bottle, Snapple fact. Half the time they had twisted and there's nothing under the cap. Children stay stationed. They're play stationed between screens, neck arched down, never facing supreme beings while these parents live in a dream, merrily rowing down anything that streams. Who programmed your thinking, Lincoln? Did you still a slave on your rationality slash version of reality to find real? And who designed real? How many devices got to shut down to find real? It's not your perception that's switching. The matrix can play tricks when it's glitching. Humanity hasn't faltered. It's been altered. Synthetic slowly becoming kinetic. Biosynthetic. Synthetic. How the system can make your main frame of mind crash. Your kids connected to Roblox or Minecraft. They using real dollars for virtual powers. Mine has. Got the price for a few moments of solace. You take a few tablets or two. Give them a tablet to view. No worry, because they'll be off to college in a few. <sighs> Knowledge is under the button. Food for thought, but no one's gluttonous. And that's not steak you're eating. MSGMOs, I suppose. Got you savoring, imitation flavoring. As they attempt to download a virus inside us. If everyone outside is ill or on a pill, nothing left but Netflix and... Well, what do you call real? Paradox or... Contundrum. It was a nightmare we can't wake up from, but everybody's watching. Would it astound you? From your pocket to your CPU to your TV, it's cameras all around you. Who would know if your life was a human Truman show? Unfortunately, no one can be told what the matrix is. You have to experience it for yourself. I was in pain. My brother, my brother, I see you done, you done saved the best for last. Oh my goodness, man. That Matrix shit right there, man. What's the name of that joint? A A for that Morpheus. A A for that Morpheus. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh man, bro. Damn, man. Damn, man. That's, it's very inspiring. Making me want to go hit the pad soon as soon as soon as I soon as this is done get my notepad man I got some joints too but my bro I got some joints that I, I want to run past you all right right you know right. what I'm saying that you know the part two after this you, you know, know what I'm saying I hit you on the jack after this you know how we do you know what I mean? yo B but this joint right here man being the fact that the matrix just came out I love the way you just oh that piece right there B 
It's so many different jewels in that joint, man. I'm you you gonna be catching these joints for weeks after the on the replay. That's this is ah oh, man. This is gonna be that replay value, man. My I'm telling you, my audience, I'm gonna get hit up because I get hit up every every week. I get hit up when I have a guest on the show and they and they and they and they just bananas. I just did Slingston not too long ago, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. I got mad people hitting me up like, yo, who's that brother? Who's that dude that did that? When I did the first, when we did the first art of uh the art of storytelling, mad people hit me up in the comments like, yo, who's that? Yo, who who did that piece that that first light joint and all that? I know they're gonna hit me up on this one, man. I'm welcome. Yo, hit me up. At spoken soul sessions at gmail.com with all your comments. You know what I mean? I'll air your comments on the on the show on the next podcast after this one drops. But my brother, man, damn that piece right there, B. It's, it's just so many different levels to that shit, man. It's so many different truths. Like, tell us our obviously, you know what I mean? The motivation is obvious, but tell us a little bit more about that piece, man. What really sparked you know, that? Um, I haven't I haven't uh, had a chance to see the new Matrix movie. Oh, you didn't even see it yet? No. Wow. I saw the trailer, right? It was like a two-minute trailer. Like the, it was like it was about to come out. Mm-hmm. So I just watched the trailer, and I was just getting into how, like, it made me think about how much foresight the first Matrix had. When you really look at it, if anybody's seen the movie, you know, spoiler alert, whatever. But the fact that at the end of the day, you had human beings who were plugged into a a machine. The machine had them believing that they were really living life and doing things and having all these experiences. But in real life, they were really just in this bubble hooked into the machine. So it was deep to me then because it was just like how much people are hooked into the physical reality of our experience. But when you look at that movie is 20 years old. The first Matrix came out in 1999. Mm. When you look at, when you take that in perspective of how android-like human beings are now, where people are literally, literally plugged into so many different things. And it don't even have to be with wires or machines. People are plugged into Netflix. Mm-hmm. People are plugged into, these kids are plugged into Roblox. Mm-hmm. It's just Everybody's plugged. Some people are plugged into their Amazon Music or their iTunes. Some people never. There's some people because the headphones now they got it. You can answer the phone. There's some people who literally walk around all day with just headphones in their ear, whether they listening to music, talking to somebody, or whether they're not even using them. They in their ear. Mm-hmm. And this is when it becomes this symbiote between man and machine where this reality has been created, where now it's almost like you can't really function well without having an attachment of some kind of machine. Mm. And when it comes to being plugged into things, it's almost like it's a different reality. I'm going to give you an example real quick. Uh, this movie, this series Square Games came out. Mm-hmm. Now, immediately, in this virtual world, there was two groups of people. There was people who saw it, and there was people who didn't. And you can clearly see these two realities because there's jokes, there's memes, there's conversations happening, and you don't know what they're talking about because you ain't see it. Mm. And slowly, 
these things merge or not to where there's groups of people who ain't seen it, groups of people who, who did. The reason I say that is because that's the dictatorship now in that social. Because if you go to the barbershop, if you go to the hair salon, they're not talking about Squid Games. Mm. When you go to the barbershop, they're not talking about Squid Games. They're not even talking about sports, what's on TV. They ain't even talking about Squid Games. But that social, it's that, it's another world now that we all live in, that we're going to call it the matrix. When you plug into your Instagram, when you plug into your Twitter, when you plug into your Facebook, you plug in it. You got friends. We all got friends in the virtual world. There's mm-hmm. people we never met. It's people we never talked to. Some of them we never even talked to. But we know them from the virtual world. We know them from, we know how many kids they got. We know what they ate. Yep. We know if they could cook or not. We know things about them. And this is people we might have never even physically talked to, much less never met. Exactly. But see, that's where, and they get deep because you're thinking about it now. You have emotional, because this person that you never talked to, this person that you never met, if somebody in their family put up a post saying, listen, I'm sorry to inform y'all so-and-so has passed away, you get real-world reaction. You got real-world emotion. Indeed. This is a this is not the way humanity is supposed to work. People don't realize that. When you're having real reaction, physical reaction to a digital space, you a cyborg. Mm. You you in the matrix. And it's not to say you can't care about people. It's just people, if you can understand it on a metaphysical level, you have physical attachments to people you never met through a construct, through a web, through another construct. Yep. It ain't like even being a pen pal. Because even that's me physically writing you, you reading it. I, that was the paper I used. It's still a different synergy than the internet. It's a different construct. That's why so much wickedness happened. That's why people be meeting people and ain't really them. People be disappearing, getting killed, molested, because a lot of these people are not who they say they are. I don't mean to go on a tangent, but that's where all of that came from. That's where that piece was motivated by how there is really another reality that has formed. And we really are becoming more robotic and more cybernetic. We are stepping out of our humanity. That's crazy that you say that, man, because it's so on point. It's so true. Because the more you interact, the more you interact, the more machine you become. And I understand where you're coming from exactly. Because when you when you look at what they're trying to do now with the metaverse... You know what I'm saying? What they're trying to do now with the metaverse is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Now, recently, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm definitely a victim because for my birthday, my wife, she got me an Oculus. She got me an Oculus. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try. I like to box. Everybody know I like to box. And when I tell you, my brother, I put this thing on and it gives you the exact vibes of being in the gym. Like, even even I'm looking at how they assimilate the speed bag. The way they simulate the speed bag is right on point. Because I know how to hit the speed bag. You know what I'm saying? So I know if it's on point because I'm doing the same thing I would do with a real speed bag and it's right on point. So for them to get this to that exact detail is is scary. You know what I'm saying? It's scary because when you in this, like I'm serious, bro. 
I put on a roller coaster game. Now everybody know I'm scared of roller coasters. So in the virtue world, let me let me put on a roller coaster game. See, can I do it? When I tell you, when I tell you that I put this roller coaster game on, and it was like I was really on a roller coaster. <clears throat> like I can really like almost feel the breeze of me going down the what you call it. And like the adrenaline is it, rushing it's and everything. Rushing. And and because they tell you when they when you get on the on the game, they tell you, listen, if you if you have an anxiety, just look straight ahead and we'll put a blocker there and it'll it'll, it'll stop the feeling. But this is a very intense feeling. And I'm like, get up out of here. I'm sitting on my bed, man. I ain't on no roller coaster. And, and I'm telling you. I could not finish the ride. I had to take it off. I was like, what? yo, I was like, this, I was like, this is crazy. I said, this is crazy. I'm talking about literally feel that like anticipation of you going up yes, and all that. Yes, all of it. When you going down and you holding the controllers, so the controllers is 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 making that that feeling of the rails. It's 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 you know what I'm saying? So you getting all of the things that you would get on a roller coaster. If you just sitting there, the joint shaking and everything, and you be like, "Oh snap, this is real. This is not. This is not a game." <laughs> I'm about to hit you in the head. You remember a movie with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes called Demolition Man? Demolition Man, one of my favorite movies. I like that oh, movie. Mad, so you've seen it enough times. Mm-hmm. Remember, there's a scene in it when Sylvester Stallone goes to Sandra Bullock's crib, and they're about to have sex. They getting high and heavy. Yes. Like, ew, wait a minute. That's what we do. <laughs> we don't do that. That was deep, right? That was very deep. You looking at what we going through right now? Exactly. She was like, whoa, human contact? Whoa, that's so we, Yeah, Come we stopped out. doing that 100 years ago. Yeah. I'm like, Remember they put the helmet on? Yes. And they just have some virtual reality kind of. Yes. It's right around the corner if it's not here so, already. That metaverse shit. Bro, I'm telling you, because the freaks come out at night, bro. That's mm. gonna be some kinky, weird video. You're gonna have video, you're gonna have virtual ratings. And That's all of crazy. That's crazy to even think about it. But all those movies that they they was priming you for back in the days. Remember that other movie, Strange? It was Strange Fiction, Strange fr- Strange Days. Strange Days. That's it. With, with Angela Bassett, I believe yeah, she was yeah, in it. Yeah. Strange Days. It was the same type of construct, the same concept, and they're priming you for it. You see the years in the making. Now it's coming to fruition because all of these things we're talking about, they have. They have this suit that you can put on that it will make you feel like you're in, like you got shot. It would give you, it would like, oh, I like, I feel that. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, they're making it more and more real because it's thing inside. Exactly. But you made a great point. Like in the Matrix. Yes. You made a great point that you're part machine. That's the integration. The integration is to is to meld man into machine. All these new movies, they talking about, oh, you can just download your consciousness and you live forever. So when you die, when your physical body die, they take your consciousness and put it into a new body going on and on and on. That's what that, that show Altered, Altered Carbon is about. But all of this you is praying. you. semi-cyborg. Yes. We can't walk out the door without our phone. Can't. We can't. And, and I remember a time when we went and happened to our generation because but it we, has. we were around before this. Yep. But it's happened to it's, us. It man. happened. Like you could be on your way out the building and be like, 
Oh, my phone. My phone. I ain't got my phone on me. And then, like, think about it. When we was younger, we used to know each other's phone numbers. You know what I'm saying? Yo, I'll call, yo, that's my homeboy number. I, I know his number, blah, blah, blah. Now, you can't, you can't, you talk to me a lot. You know what I'm saying? And if I told you, what's my phone number? You, could tell, number. you, you wouldn't know my number. You would have to go to your phone and click my face or click my icon. And I'm going to tell you something else I know that's happened. You go to the barbershop and when you rapping with dudes, it used to be like, yo, what was that song with New Edition? Ah, ah, ah. And niggas be like, oh, oh, you talking about nah. And in the video, they had on the yellow, Ralph had the yellow sweater mm-hmm. with the black. Oh, oh, oh. If it isn't look, yeah, yeah. People don't use that part of their muscle, their brain no more. Mm. That's our history. We don't do that no more. It's your, what was that song with New Edition? Oh, hold on. Google it. Yep. Oh, the one with Ralph had on the yellow horn. Yep. Yep. Making the brain mushy. Mm. Not only making the brain mushy, but that's how whoever whole history gets to re- rewrite it. And people don't know about Google trying to buy libraries and get rid of books. But that they could be the only source of information. You just gonna know whatever Google wants you to know. That's exactly. scary. They're already taking certain content off YouTube and different avenues because they only want you to know what they want you to know. Exactly. And 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 with time, you you will forget. You will forget because parts of our brains that we don't use no more because we're the same age. And when we was growing up, we used part of our brains. We had to know certain things from a fact. You had to know your mom's telephone number. You had to know your grandmom's telephone number. You had to know how to get certain places. You had, you know what I'm saying? And you didn't have no GPS to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember one time, this is a true story. Me and my brother, we was on President Street on a train, on a two train. That was a two line. And it was a fire on the train. Yo, I've never been that more scared in my life. But I think I was about maybe 11. My brother was like 12. And when I looked down the tunnel, it was a big ball of fire coming down the tunnel. So everybody's running. Everybody's running. Now, my mom's told us how to get from point A to point to point B to get to my grandmother's house when we was young. Because I was traveling by myself on the train when I was about maybe seven or eight. I can go to my grandmother's house. I know it's three stops, go to the train station, three stops, get off Franklin Avenue. Once I get on Franklin Ave, I know where I'm going. So, so happenly, the fire happened on the train. So we had to exit the train. Now I lost my brother in that, in that, in that whole ordeal. Like I'm looking for him. He looking for me. And you know what I'm saying? We in two different places. He down in the smoke looking for me. I'm up top looking for him. And then we meet up and we like, all right, we got to go now. So we go and we come outside of the train station. Now, this was foreign to us at that point in time. But we we we, we managed to, to, to be able to navigate back to my grandmother's house because we never been outside the train station from that stop. That stop right there was a foreign stop. It was... You know what I'm saying? President Street was just a stop we passed by to get to the stop that we going to. So now we got to go upstairs and where we at? I don't know where we at. So then me and my brother using using that that type of information of that analog that that being being able to be hands on and look at things and and navigate our way back to my grandmother's house. My brother's like, "Yo, I said, like, how are we going to get back to Gamma house?" He was like, "I Gamma live on Franklin Avenue. So, okay, we got to find Franklin Avenue. And once we found Franklin Avenue, 
We say, okay, now we just got to look at the numbers. She live on 302. Okay, let's go, let's go find 302. And then we looked at the buildings going down, following the building. Now, we was way up. My grandmother lived on 302. We up by like 1,500 somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And we just walked down that parkway, going down the parkway, looking at all of the building numbers. And as they get closer and closer, it's like, all right, we have 500 now. Gamma House is closer. We get to we get to 400. Oh, I, we know where we at now. And we got back. But nowadays, you won't find the kids being able to think on the fly like that. You know what I mean? Oh, it's Google. If you ain't got Google, if I ain't got my GPS, navigate me to here. You know what I'm saying? You stuck. And this is and this is purposely done because, like you said, they want us to forget. Forget certain things so that you can you implement ain't new learn things. How to make mac and cheese like grandma made it? Nope. You make mac and cheese like it say on Tasty. Yeah. Like it say on whatever app, whatever you <laughs> fucking do. That's crazy. You say not that. making grandma mac and cheese no more. That's why it's so important to pass those things down, man. To pass those things because you know something? you we talking about it jokingly, but that's a real reality. It's a very real reality because at some point in time. Who's they gonna forget the recipe? You're gonna forget that potato salad recipe. Like my, my like my potato salad, you tasted my potato salad before. Mm-hmm. And it's is a is a recipe passed down all the way from my grandmother. Mm-hmm. My grandmother know that recipe. My my cousins, my my mother, everybody know that recipe. So I know it by taste that, oh, this is how this is this is the authentic one. But eventually, if you don't pass that down, it's gonna be forgotten. It's gonna as a as a part of your your legacy, yes. a part of your history, your heritage. Yes. That's gonna be forgotten, and it's yes. gonna be replaced with something. But yes. what? <laughs> people don't know how to make biscuits no more. They eat pillberry. Yep, it's crazy, man. It's crazy, but it's, it's, it's so scary. it's it's very scary. And that that poem right there put it right there in perspective, man. That I mean, you definitely saved the best for last, my brother. But listen, man, I want you to tell the people what you got going on, what they can do to support you. Like, how can they get into the written and pain business? Talk to the people. All right, man. Listen, man, listen. The best way to help me is word of mouth, man. You go to my SoundCloud, you hear a track you like, put somebody on. Um, I got stuff on SoundCloud. I got stuff on that Piff. I got um, stuff on YouTube. If you hear anything on mine you like, just share it. That's the best way you can help me. My book is free. It's called Conversations with Myself. I didn't make it free, but it's it is free. You go, uh, it's the uh, the free download version. It's called Conversations with Myself. Written in pain. It don't cost you nothing. You can read it. If you like anything, hit me up, pain at gmail.com. Just tell me what you like, man. And I would appreciate that. Um, I'm working on a couple of things, but I don't want to put it, I don't want to speak on it just yet because it gave me reason to come back. Indeed, indeed. We we definitely got some things in the working, man, mm-hmm. for you guys, man. Some big things coming up. Mm-hmm. My brother, my brother and I, we're working behind the scenes and we mm-hmm. we're making it happen and uh we're gonna bring it to you guys shortly but for real for real man you go you guys go out there and you support this brother man i'm telling you man he has a body of work out there and it needs to be recognized it needs to be you know absorbed make us think you know let us not forget where we where we come from you know and uh definitely moral 
social support. It don't cost you anything, anything. And along those lines, I want to remind my audience also, when you download the uh, Spoken Soul Sessions from week to week, do a brother a favor and rate the show. Let's rate the show. Let's get it in front of more people. More people can be able to hear the show. More people can be motivated. More people can be inspired so we can do bigger and better things. And And listen, there's going to be some people that's going to listen to this show, maybe because I'm on it or they fans of my work. But listen to another show, whether the show that's before this one or after this one. Just give it a listen because he only all the artists he talked to is dope. And you you know you 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 supporting a movement a black movement. If you listen to the Breakfast Club, if you listen to Definitely. iHeart Radio Morning Show, if you listen to all of that, you can support my brother. Definitely, definitely, man. We're going to keep bringing these shows to you. We got a lot of more content to come, man. I want to thank my brother for taking this time. Thank I mean, you. this is officially the longest running show that I've ever done as an interview. So it shows you, it shows my audience, you know I me, mean, how highly I think of this brother right here. This is my I brother for real. And um, always there to help me out, man. Always there to come through and support a brother. And uh, I thank you, my brother, for coming thank through. Thank you, man. And thank you for having me, man. Most I appreciate man. you, man. I appreciate you most, always supporting me. And most you know, definitely, You know man. what it is, Compo for Life. Compo for Life. Listen, you guys go out there, get that book, Conversations with Myself. It's a free download. You got your other book on, and, and I ain't even going to make mention yeah, of that. Yeah, man, I'm going to just wait, yeah. you know what I'm saying, because I'm tired of promoting when they, it's coming. Exactly, exactly. So definitely you guys go and check him out, check his SoundCloud out. The first piece I played in the beginning of the show was Ballad of the Fallen Angels. And that that piece is epic. It's on his SoundCloud. He got a ton of other stuff on his SoundCloud. We got a lot of composition tracks that's on the SoundCloud that you guys want to go check out. But definitely, you know, it costs you nothing to go share or follow or rate a show. You know what I'm saying? We all got to be on it where we can take each other to the next level, man. And once again, my brother, I want to thank you for coming, spending this time with us, man. And you know you got an open invitation anytime. But I do have another show that I want to bring you back on because I'm working on this show. I'm going to get a little sneak peek out there. It's Chivalry Dead. It's Chivalry Dead. And I want to do this. I want to make a panel show. And I want to get another brother, yourself, and I want to get some females on the panel and we're going to have a powwow. Is Chivalry dead from a poet's perspective? You know what I mean? And uh, definitely want to bring you back on for that. And you guys stay tuned on that. I want to shout out some particular people who download the show every week. My brother Samuel Jackson, you know, that's my brother right there. He always supporting, always um, downloading every week, always rating the show. I appreciate you, King. And uh, all the other people who on the weekly, weekly basis come and support and download, man. We over, we over, we we on our way to 1,500 downloads. We well over 1,200. Let's keep going. We in all these different countries. Shout out to New Zealand. Shout out to Kenya. Shout out to Hong Kong. We all over the globe now. So Spoken Soul Sessions, we going to bring this, this content right, to you. Right. And we here, man. Right. So. Definitely. Until next time, I want to let me leave my audience with the with the inspirational music that I usually do, you know, and uh, let me leave it on a on a good note. I want to remind you guys 
to always, always, always be on your path. Never allowing any obstacles to throw you off. Remain focused, remain sincere, and know everything that you seek in this life is in the power of your word. Words hurt, words can heal, words can resurrect new civilizations, and I need us to understand that. I need you to be on your word. I need you to know that your word means something. Make it mean something. I want to remind you guys to always speak your soul. Always speak your truth. I love you. And I hope you love me too. Peace.